Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by All Terrain Adventures. Craig Bernier, Steve Combs, Matt Cantrell, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, yes, you the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Phil, we got so much to cover here there's a lot there's a lot of ground to cover and and what you're doing what you've done um first i want to know you were in the army where did you serve yeah so i was in the army uh, i spent a majority of my time in the 101st airborne at fort campbell kentucky screaming eagles um, screaming eagles that's right which battalion were you in were you I was in uh, First Brigade okay. and First Brigade. Uh, yep. Fourth Brigade. At, mm-hmm. So okay. First Brigade was uh, 327. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, uh, both 3rd uh, and 2nd Battalion there Okay. Um, for a couple of different uh, tours there. And then uh, and the last time I was at Fort Campbell, I was in 4th um, Brigade when it was uh, 506th. Oh. I was in. Yeah, you were in yeah. the legendary. Like when people watch the legendary, yeah, yeah the five hundred six. <laughs> when people watch, you know, the Band of Brothers movie, which was so big on HBO, the miniseries, and I mean, there's no better publicity for the hundred and first Airborne Division than <laughs> than Band of Brothers. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you spent a lot of time in the hundred and first at Fort Campbell. Um, how many times did you have to go overseas? Uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people we think about you know uh, our biggest war, right? And yeah, that's uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And so I was in the invasion of Iraq. Um, previous to that, I was in some uh, some conflicts. Uh, there was Kosovo, and mm-hmm. then there's uh, you know a few deployments around, you know, just different things, um, you know, here and there. Um, some of them were kind of interesting. Panama and England, you know. Uh, just uh, different places to you know get around the world i guess you did uh, in fact get to see the world they promise you a lot of times in the recruiting office you will see the world so many people don't get to see the world you in fact got to see the world phil at least a few places yeah yeah maybe not the whole but i definitely got to see a few different places that were very interesting yeah uh. phil i talked to so many people that were in the service and running is not something that is fun when when you are when you are forced every day to run in formation you got to do your your two miles and then every year 
Every year, the CG decides, guess what? We're doing a division run. Division run, yeah. And, and, the, and the CG is someone who probably hasn't run. Some of them do. It's funny, you meet when you meet the CGs, the commanding mm-hmm. general, some of them are in really good shape. And some of them haven't run in a while. And so the they're run, in a different shape. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like I think of, 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 a, of a couple of CGs ago having to watch the division run and you see the pace is much slower. Like you're looking at a, at a yeah. 10 and a half, yeah. 11 minute mile pace. And then you've got the ones that are like, guess what? I'm a two-star general. I can still burn people down and we're going to run a little bit faster. <laughs> so you, you've, you've had to run the gamut with all of, of the time that you, mm-hmm. you served mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. I bring that up because running is not for pleasure it is something that you do because you have to pass a pt test and you have to remain mm-hmm. you know physically ready i mean there's there's units at fort campbell where you do your own thing and that sort of thing but you, you were really in a great relationship with running when you were in the service were you I was not. I did not like to run one bit. Um, I can uh, when you when you said that you know some of those division runs and uh, you know these these forced two mile <laughs> runs for PT tests. I can still remember this this like this face, right? Something like that. You know, just the one eye. Just I can barely do anything. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. Right. And man, I I despised running. Um, yeah, that whether it was the two miles, the five mile, you know, division run or, or, you know, you know, every now and then you get one of the commanders a little squirrely and they might go out on seven miles or something like that. Right. And you're just like, what is wrong with these people? I mean, we're not running away from anything. We're right. going to fight through. I mean, like, right. we need to run. Right, this captain's booking for a promotion. That's what he's trying to do here, making everybody run seven miles. <laughs> right, trying to make his OR, OR look good. You yeah. Know? So, goodness. Little did so, you yeah, know. So no, I, yeah. I did not. Yeah, little, little did I know that I would be uh, running. And uh, I think it, maybe a month ago, I was sharing with some of my, my buddies on Facebook. It's like, guess what I'm going to get, you know, getting ready to do and like oh it's it's probably running an ungodly amount of miles nobody would have ever heard that coming out of my mouth (laughs) right (laughs) in the early 2000s (laughs) yeah right little did you know one of those many years ago and you're like god another division run and you're halfway through that going this is the stupidest thing ever i would never run more than i'm being forced to run and here you are preparing yourself for a 444 mile adventure quite a bit longer than the the division run just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah you just really have to take in two mile integrates you know <laughs> intervals i think right. just kind of like okay there's one pt test <laughs> done. you break it down basically you're doing 222 pt tests back to back to back <laughs> yeah yeah i guess that'd be one way of looking at it right it just you know shorten it up but what talking about that and and i want to get into the ptsd in a little bit because mm-hmm. i think that's still a mystery a lot of people don't understand 
and it's, it has a stigma to it. And I want to kind of break that down too, because you're running for a really great cause. Your your goal is you're going to start in Nashville, which mm-hmm. the the Nashville part of Natchez Trace. That's where a lot of the big country stars live. You're probably going to run by Justin Timberlake's house and Chris Stapleton's house, and then you're going to end uh, in Natchez, Mississippi, at the yeah. at the end of it, where where no country singers live. You will not see Chris Stapleton mm-hmm. on the other end of this. But there's a long, there's a lot of things to get to before we talk about why you're doing this 444 mile run right. and, and and what it's for. When did your relationship? with running change fill from something you were forced to do to something that you enjoyed doing yeah so it changed probably um two days after the last suicide attempt that i had yeah. which would have been the 25th of september um in 2006 um, yeah the last attempt was the 23rd mm-hmm. and so um you know that day i had to do something um since suicide was an option or you know just for whatever reason you know being in the infantry um you know especially being a fort campbell i was i considered myself pretty proficient at pulling a trigger mm-hmm. and doing a lot of other um I don't know who all stuff is what you know we might say yeah or, or tough guy stuff right um and but when it came to myself um for some reason you know just couldn't pull that trigger and that that messed that messed with me a lot that night um but to start but to start on the running part it's um and I think I talked a little bit about this on, on the, the video at, at philruns.com, but the, um, I, I, I couldn't even run two miles at that point. Like I was yeah. failing PT test. I, I really was. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I knew I had to do something. I knew, you know, I still had a few years left in the military. Um, I had to at least be able to get back to running two miles and, so frustrated at everything that was going on and mostly frustrated and angry at myself so i went to the park uh um you know this was somewhat because of um a divorce i was going through as well and you know i just heard you know you'll never uh, get off the couch you'll never run again Mm -hmm. you know all this I just heard, and it wasn't, it wasn't just her. I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, paint her to be the bad person here. There was a lot of voices that was telling me I couldn't at that point. Yeah. And, and, um, and so it was maybe one of the toughest things I've ever done was to go two miles that day. And it was, it was not a smooth, it was not a, just like there's two miles. It was right. 100 yards and walk and maybe 100 more and walk and yeah and then there was two miles and and that was you know at that point that was all i could do um but over time and it wasn't a whole lot of time because i was really angry and somehow that motion you know allowed some stuff to move right me right. being in motion allowed 
uh, some stuff in my brain a little bit, a little bit of reprieve. Um, and it's like, okay, okay, well, I felt a little bit better. So I'm going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the army, I think, especially in the infantry, um, we survive a lot on caffeine and hate, I think is at least that's what, you know, a lot of us would like to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I had a lot of both of that and, and, you know, and, and little sleep. And so I was, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was hating drinking caffeine, you know? Yeah. Co- coffee was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I would just, okay well i'm mad i'm gonna go back to the park and see if i can run again and within 119 days i did my first marathon and and of course you know that was that was a big challenge you know uh not only did i did do that but i mean it was like my whole chain of commands like you can't do that you should start with something like a 5k yeah you know I mean, you physically can't. It's like we can't stop you because it's on a weekend. You're off duty. Right. But, right. Exactly. But you, you, we don't think you can do it. And and um, you know, when I finished that first marathon, that was that started this this kind of journey of, well, let's see what else I was wrong about and find out what I can do. If I can do that, that was impossible yeah a few hours ago that was impossible right being told by everybody i knew that that was impossible so what else you know and it really did start a journey to try to figure out sorry my camera's shaking there that's okay um um yeah what else could i do what else was i wrong about you know and and so you know what starting this you know this age of you know, 27 to 28. And then, you know, going into my thirties is just, okay, what, well, what can I do? You know, I never thought I could do anything. And then I start, well, if you put a little effort into it, a little bit of time and you keep at it and then things changed. That was, that was a big surprise. Go ahead. You know, Phil, just listening to you talk and sharing this story I think we have to pause, and, and and this is not this is a Christopher Nolan movie. Everything's out of order, okay? So that, that don't expect this to be a linear uh, episode. Everybody. Right. This right. is Oppenheimer. Right. I'm just letting you know it's not going to yeah. be in order. Yeah. You were 20, late 20s, right? And I think mm-hmm. when we're in our early 20s and our mid 20s, we think our late 20s is 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 old, right? Experienced, mm-hmm. wise. And then here we are, Phil. I'm going to guess we're about the same age. Um, here we are in our 40s, looking back and realizing that we were kids at 28 years old. You know, you have a lot of life left to live. You have a lot of ideas that change. You hold on to a lot of things that you let go of. You are so young at 28 years old. And here you were at 28 years old, so full of hate for various things that multiple attempts to take your life at 28 years old when did you notice 
that because you know you get into the army and and you know your basic training and rah rah we made the jokes about the pt test and the division run and all that stuff but the reality is you were tasked to go to war you were sent to a foreign country they put a rifle in your hand and they told you that you need to do these things right and at some point Things changed from rah rah. This is great. I've got the eagle on my arm, and I'm going to go in and and and, and do all these things. Mm-hmm. And at some point, something changed. Do you remember that moment when it changed for you? You know, I think that it probably was several moments, but I would I can remember a few. Um, moments that started to stand out like mm-hmm. this is different yeah and i think it was you know after getting the double eagle and you know i was the um you know i was the nco of the year and so i got to step off that first plane as the first nco leading everybody off that plane right and I led them toward the hangar. That's where the group of people were welcoming us back, right? They're yeah. all behind us. And I've been the there. Yeah. Of, I know exactly yeah, what you're okay, talking about. Okay. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And and so, you know, the funny thing was the last group of people that I was approaching, um, you know, taking pop shots, you know, you don't know who's in that crowd. Yeah. And so here I am you know maybe a day and a half later a couple days i don't know three days at the most and now i'm here there's this other crowd and they're supposed to be welcoming me but i am like this yeah you know because i'm i'm here i am I'm, i'm walking point all of a sudden and it's like oh there's a big crowd here. There's an so, overwhelming my- sense of, oh my God, because mm-hmm. you're right. Here you are. And when you said you double eagle for, for folks that aren't familiar, and I want to point out, I am, was never in the army. I'm just lucky enough to live in a military town and all my friends are in the military. So you pick things up. When you run miles with people, you pick things up. <laughs> double eagle, yeah. you originally get you know one patch for the for the unit you're in you got one screaming eagle because you were in the 101st airborne division you got another one when you finished the deployment so you had you had you had one on both on both shoulders the double eagle signifying that you deployed yeah. with the 101st you deployed at least 30 days into a combat zone right yeah. and so when you come back your nco of the year all of that you're leading you're leading all of these troops off of the airplane to go into this hangar where family friends Mm -hmm. media uh are all waiting for you and here you are you are leading the charge you are the point man of getting everybody off of that airplane and leading all of those soldiers into that hangar and you know here we are and and there's all this crowd and you're being directed into a funnel. Mm-hmm. And for me being infantry, and I don't know for our listeners, you know, for that, you know, we call that the fatal funnel. Yeah. yeah I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've not. It, okay. So if you go in, in into a room, um, if you clear a building, you want to, or if you're defending the building, you want the people, you want to control anybody that's coming in. And if, and if you can, 
get them to go into single file, you can use one bullet to take out two or three people. Right. Okay. And, and so, and so it's like a, you know, a fatal funnel. And so it gets narrow as we go into the hangar and there's people now on both sides of me and you know, I, I didn't like to run, but I really wanted to run. <laughs> that was a, I want to run moment, you know, and, and I want to be not there moment. And I did not feel, you know, even though I had my body armor on, I had my, you know, M4, I even hit, you know, snuck rounds. I was supposed to, you know, not have any rounds with me, but I'd snuck them, you know, on the plane. I was, that's how, I mean, you get, get, you know, mortars dropped on you, you know, 24 hours ago and yeah. you know, now you're here. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to give up everything yet. Right. Because um, if, 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 think about the shift in mentality. So you had been, and a lot of these early deployments that you were on were long, long deployments, a year, 18 months. There was national guard units that were deployed for two years overseas. Mm-hmm. And so living that existence of every day you you have to be on alert every day you don't know what's coming at you and then you they put you on a plane and you're supposed to make that that switch back to civilian mode where yep. the, the the danger has stopped but it seemed like for you your body was still telling you like whoa 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 we no 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 don't go into here you don't go into the funnel yeah. You weren't able to, your body was not allowing you, your mind was not allowing you to make that switch. Well, that's, I mean, we can make a, a jump here, but that's as a, you know, now that I've, you know, studied, you know, a little bit about PTSD and, yeah. you know, being a social worker now and all that, um, you know, we see that as that's a normal trauma or normal defensive mechanism. Mm-hmm. Is and, and the thing of it is, your brain doesn't know the difference. Right. Right. So, I mean, the brain, I can yell, like, if I didn't give you or me any warning and I yelled bear, you know, we both might. Right. Because right? we put, we, we put a, a value on that word of yeah. bear. Right. And so, and that's a dangerous term. The value that we give it is, is somewhat dangerous. And so, um, you know, so we want, our body wants to, you know save us and so it's, it wants to react to that word especially if there's no forewarning that we're going to say it so um when your brain doesn't know the difference it can't determine friendly for it can just see crowds and all it knows is there may not be friendly in that crowd and mm-hmm. that sometimes there is not and the crowds are dangerous and um yeah, and so you're you're trying to, you know, go from, you know, crowds are dangerous in less than 24 hours. Reprogram your body without any reprogramming being done. Right. That now crowds are okay, and and if you know anything about you know veterans, I mean, most of us don't like crowds. We don't like being at stores, big stores, you know. Any of this, anything to do with big crowds. I had a friend of mine in the military say that once he said, I wish because they have like tax free holidays for the military and all that stuff. He goes, I want double tax day. So there's nobody at the stores. And I can go shopping when there's nobody there. I gladly, nobody, right. gladly pay that fee. Do you think, Phil, 
the difference between the wars that you fought and the earlier wars of our country. I mean, think about World War II. You knew who the enemy was because the enemy wore the uniform that you knew. You saw if you were if you were in Europe, you saw that you saw the red uh, you know, armband on the arm. You saw the gray uniform. You knew exactly who the bad guy was. Um, and then you go to the war that you fought. They were you didn't know. There was there was there was bad mixed with good everywhere you went. There was no uniforms. There was no way to to signify who the bad guys were. And so you had to be on alert constantly and there was nothing to tell you this person's bad, this person's good. They weren't wearing uniforms. And so you had to create a suspicion that everybody was bad. Mhm. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you know, you, you suspect everybody is bad, but most, a lot of times, um, you know, it's been my experience now with veterans of several wars. Mm-hmm. Um, the body just doesn't, the body doesn't know the difference. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. And so everybody, it doesn't know how to determine. Um, we want to make that fine line, like friend or foe, right. very quickly. And it wants to do that in a black and white, but in, in reality, it doesn't know the difference. And whether you're, you're wearing a uniform or not, and so I think where I'm going with this is, yeah, you know, some wars it seemed like there was a little bit more state on state action, mm-hmm. right? And, right. Or maybe some sort of more organized wars never organized but right it seems like that when it's written in a book Um, right um but i think you know now i'm looking at it as you know how my body reacted to it not so much how my eyes right saw it and 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 i would say there's not a, a huge difference there may be in memories or in values that we give things but there's not there's not a huge difference in the way our bodies react that path you're going down you notice that first when you got off that plane after your first deployment how did that progress when did how did that that moment turn Co- f- yeah a couple hours later you know uh you turn your weapons in turn your body armor in and so the first time um in a year you're mm-hmm. going off a post with you're pretty much naked you know yeah right and they released you and um i got in a vehicle and let's drive up to bowling green my parents thought it would be a, a good thing if i drove mm-hmm. and so i did i drove off post again naked yeah first time in a year and I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny, but I rolled through every stoplight, every stop sign, swerved around every pothole, drove down the median until after about 45 minutes. Like, oh, I think we need to try. <laughs> right, right, right. You, well, we got this. We'll take you to Bowling Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll I make mean, that 90 minute drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, it, it, I I was noticing then yeah, something's 
not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, I didn't know anything about PTSD or trauma or stress or any of that stuff. You know, I just knew I was, yeah. ah, I have to react, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I have to react. So I must do that. Um, I can uh, you know, a few months later, I was transferred to Fort Benning, like a lot of us were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, um, I was staying with one of my buddies and to get to his house on main post, you had to go past uh, one of the main post uh, range where they had a live fire once a month. And they, they put every single thing, or at least one of every single thing that they had on Fort Benning on that range. Yeah. And they did demos because, you know, School of Americas and all these big people came and watched and stuff like that. So we just happened to be driving past that uh, one day when they opened up and they, uh, you know, um, had their live fire and uh, that, that whole range lit up and uh, me and my truck went down in the ditch out the other side through the woods and uh, into the housing units. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and kept going. And, uh, and so, so we thought that was a little strange, right? And then, um, and then my buddy did it the next day, right? So, uh, so then we start just making jokes about it because, you know, what, what do you do? You either get angry or you joke about it. That's the only two things that you are allowed to do in the military. Use anger, make jokes, um, make light of a, a bad situation or you do absolutely nothing you shut down completely you know and so those are your three options yeah <laughs> so we joked we joked about how ridiculous um we all were about reacting to you know um bullets it was either that or or, or you have to go towards it you know right but, exactly the way you were mm-hmm. trained and the way you lived your yeah, life I mean, for mm-hmm. a year overseas and that's and that's funny, you know, like, like I, you know, with where I work now in a hospital and stuff, and they'll, they'll do these little um, shooter drills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're always like, you know, you should do this and do this. I'm like, Even to this day, like, I cannot do anything like you want me to do. I, was right. like, I just don't know what I just just make sure, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to run after you. Mm-hmm. Right. If. if Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm probably coming after you if, if you start shooting. That's that's just all I can say. Just the training. Don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it, it progresses more and more. And and this was this is early on. Is this is this is early 2000s, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is um, what 2004. Yeah. And, and you think about now where we're at now and how, you know. PTSD is a word everybody's heard. TBI is a is is a is an acronym that everybody knows. We didn't in 2004. All we knew was that people were having a hard time adjusting coming back from the Gulf War and the army didn't know what to do. They're like what is going on with this? We don't know. And of course something that needs to be said as well is it's not as easy 
in the service, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you actually serve, but please, please do. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just go to your commander and say like, hey, I'm having some weird, because some weird feelings because you worry about if that gets back to the wrong people that can derail your career, they take you out of the things you want to do. And there's, there's a real worry there that it may get through the chain of command. So a lot of people never went and got help or even brought it up because they didn't want to deal with the repercussions of what would happen if that was brought up. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple things there, you know, um, you know, I had a, an E seven that I was on a committee with when I was at uh, Western Kentucky university. And, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I spent the first 20 years of my military service, you know, trying to prove that nothing was wrong. And I spent the last five years saying that that was completely a lie. Wow. Um, we're lucky because where we're at, there's a wonderful independent organization in outside of Fort Campbell called SAFE, which stands for Soldiers and Families Embraced, which provides mm-hmm. free mental health treatment for soldiers, their families, you know, wives, kids. And there is no there is absolutely no connection to Fort Campbell with this with this great organization there's no risk of anything getting back to a chain of command or anything oh nice so there is there and i know there's other groups like that around other posts um but we're kind of lucky here to have such a great organization called safe because i remember like you know i was going through a divorce and i'm you know i'm now they know something is different with me you're Mm -hmm. wrong and and you know you know the the first orange advice is good drink a few more beers and it should get better. Yeah. Well, I think your, your yeah. partner, I mean, you, you, you left, you left for war. You're a different person and you came back mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're not the person your spouse married not. at all. And how do you, how do you deal with that? And how did, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, I think I, I, I you know, she, you know, she's welcome to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, and we got married right after I got back, or within a few months after I got back. Um, and, she, but I want to say that we didn't have our first arguments until after I came back. I probably maybe that, maybe even that first night that I was back. Yeah, I just they. She wanted me to watch, and this is again. I'm not blaming her one bit. She uh, wanted me to watch something like it might have been American Idol or The Bachelor on yeah. TV. I sat down and I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it for five minutes. It was, <laughs> I it was for me at that point. I could watch it now, maybe and right. In a, you know, but that's and that's fine. At that point, then I was like, "This is so dumb." It made me so mad that I could not be in that living room. I, so I stayed in the kitchen and, um, you know, drank Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't talk, we didn't talk to us tonight. You know, imagine that for your first night back, right? Right. There's so many expectations of that first night back. Let's watch The Bachelor yep. and see where that goes. And you're just like, this is the most absurd, ridiculous television show I have ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're gone for a year. You don't even know what the hit song is. Right. Yeah, and you and you're spec you're expected to. Oh, I, I, I'm still lost. I mean, you're behind everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I know. I don't know what you're talking about. 
I don't know the new words. I, it's so yeah. funny. You, you yeah. talk about not knowing what the hit song was. A friend of mine, when he deployed, the big song was was John Legend. I work in the radio. That's my my day to day job. Is I work on the radio, right? And so there's a song nice. from John Legend that was big on the radio. And he gets back from deployment. And he goes, "You're still playing that damn song." He goes, "I've been gone for a year, and you're still playing that damn song." And I'm like, "Hey, it's it's got staying power. It's got it's staying got, power. Yeah, yeah, it's lasting, man. Lasting. Nice, nice. It's persistent. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I was, you know, I was hanging on to it for you. I didn't want you to come back and not know what the what the hit nice. song was. Um, but nice. but as that progresses, and it go, it gets worse and worse and worse. You talked about that that your final suicide attempt that led you to and i don't want to dwell on any more of those um you know that's there's some things that i think you know you you keep to yourself and 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 that i I don't want to open up too many wounds for you but all of this progression goes i'm I'm pretty open okay just just for yeah i mean it i think you know normally like like if, if i was i've been you know i like when i was at western um they, you know, they'd have Veterans Day or whatever, and they'd ask me to, you know, come down on the field or whatever. They we want to honor veterans. Yeah. I'm like, I, I have no interest in that. What I do have interest in is is saying um, I have these issues in me too, and this is kind of like what they look like. Yeah. Because as a veteran, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And the first person that said me too. I can still, I can still see them yeah. almost like it was such a shock that somebody else had been through something similar and it was like, it'll get better yeah. eventually. Yeah. And that was, that came as such a shock to me that, I mean, obviously it's still, it's still, you know, burned into my memory. And, and so, yeah, no, I, I don't mind for that reason. Um, and I think that kind of just goes back to a lot of, um, you know, you know, even though I may not have uh, a uniform on, I still have this idea that um, of, of service of some sort, you know, to fellow uh, brothers and sisters or, you know, anybody that's struggling. I just don't think that they should have to think that they're that alone. Right. So, yeah. Did you try to get any help at all before you took that first two mile run or was the two mile run the first step in the journey towards mental health? Well, I had, um, I got really angry at a senior NCO one time and, and, and told him that if he didn't leave me alone, I was going to smash him or something due to that. I don't know if we can cuss on here. I usually don't ah, cuss go too for much, it. But, you know what? Go okay. for it. <laughs> yeah. I just, cause I almost did there for a second. I was like, oh. go for uh, it. Uh, yeah, so I, I said something to the effect that I would beat his ass into the ground, and and so I got in a little bit of trouble, and and um, so they recommended that I go see anger management, mm-hmm. and and, and um, like this is dumb, this is dumb, right? And I'm sitting, you know, I'm the guy in the back, mm, this is dumb, this is dumb, you know, yeah, and uh, so after the last suicide attempt, and um, you know, being taken to the ER um, by a friend just because that's what you should do when somebody's having a suicide attempt. You should, it doesn't matter if they've done anything or not. It That's just, 
an ER is a very safe place for anybody that's in, in that, that state of mind. Right. And, and, um, so he, he took me there and, <laughs> and here comes the anger management counselor down to talk to me. And I was like, what are you doing here? You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm, she's like, Oh, well, I'm a, and at that point, that's when I realized that she was, you know, more than just this this anger management person. She's a, a therapist, mm-hmm. right? And um, so good for me. I already knew who it was, so I already had a little bit of rapport. So at that point, you know, and she'd already known me a little bit, you know, from a lot of the anger management classes. And so then I was just like, look, there's all this other stuff going on, and. Um, yeah and i just don't want to be here anymore and yeah <laughs> so yeah so i so that and then um and then uh pretty much you know right after that um you know went went home and, and went you know went running so it all kind of happened right there it's kind of a it's like little sh- bit of a jumble but yeah no but it seems it was, like it seems like with her being there, someone that you'd had some experience with, with being in the anger management class, because you told your senior NCO, like, I had enough of your, you know what? Yeah, um, it's yeah. like, almost like, had you not lost it on that NCO, um, that wouldn't, yeah. have, like, it moved you in that direction. And to, uh-huh. were, were you surprised, like, when you were telling her all these things that you're like, listen, this is all the stuff that's going on. Were you expecting a certain reaction from her and was, did you get the reaction you were expecting or was it one that you were like, wait a minute? I, again, I don't remember the, the whole thing, but I do know that I was surprised. I was surprised by being heard. Yeah. And being, and being acknowledged and say yeah that that's tough that's hard that yeah. sucks i thought it was going to be more of the the same stuff i was getting at the unit like i'll go suck it up i'll quit being a wimp right you know? right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just the man up it's time to man up phil mm-hmm. sergeant parsons it's time to, time to man up yeah yeah um yeah. And so this, yeah, it was completely opposite. And that shocked me, you know. uh, It shocked you into a two-mile run is what it did. (laughs) It did. It did. And to think, too, that that two-mile run, as horrible as it was, right, as, as, as you had to stop, you had to start, you walked here, you did that, whatever, you went back the next day, you went back the next day, and then you do that marathon 100 days later, to everybody's amazement, you can't do that. You can't pause. You got let's just start with a 5K and then we'll go to a 10K, then a half marathon, then a marathon. But the feeling at the finish line of that marathon, what was that like for you? That was like a period of disbelief. It was um if you ever gotten to maybe some of those runs where you're maybe like in a flow state where like everything just kind of quiet. Yes. And you're just this really happening. You know, mm-hmm. like you're kind of trying to like pinch yourself and Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess I, I don't know. My muscles tell me I really did do that. Cause I, <laughs> now I'm in pain. Right. I mean, right. 
and if for anybody that's thinking about you know you know that heard us you know running the 444 miles or you know or has looked at the philruns.com or any of that stuff it, it, it didn't start very easy it's not like i like oh i'm just gonna go run because i'm a i'm a superhuman or something no no that first marathon hurt like <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's, it's, uh, man. You hit mile 20 I, and you were like. That and the me- oh, yeah, between that and the mental pain, I don't know which was worse at that moment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they were hitting hard, and, and uh, I just never experienced pain like that before. And so it was a very surreal moment. It's like, did I, what did I just do? Oh, I did something I've got to tell the tell everybody now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look what I just did. Wow. And but ow, you know <laughs> that walk back. Yeah. Which which marathon? Which marathon yeah. did you run for the first one? What? Where was it? So I was. Uh, it was Callaway Gardens. Callaway Gardens down there in Georgia. Okay. Um, outside of Fort Fort Benning, you um, can look it up somewhere in there. Is yeah. the finish line near the parking lot? How how awful was that walk back to your car? yeah so the finish lines i'm trying to remember i haven't been there in years but it's it's not super far but it's not very close either (laughs) and so (laughs) having never ever run that distance i think my longest run up to that was like 16 miles you know maybe yeah um you know and um i i didn't know what to expect and so stop you know, I, I I think I have a couple pictures. I'm just calling, <laughs> you know, stop, oh, crap. grab my stuff. Like, Ooh, Ooh, legs. What? Yeah. Um, and they start cramping and you're just like, Oh, what is that? And, uh, right. I, uh, you know, at that point I was, uh, you know, st- I was looking to all kinds of stuff for help at that point. You know, I was, so I went to, I was, I was at a, a church and I was like, I couldn't sit still. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, not that I can sit still today, but I mean, right. I mean, I was constantly like, Oh, ow, you know, and uh, you know, the tough guy, ah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and uh, like, you really need to go eat. And, I did not want to eat, you know, I'm like, no food, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, you got to, you must eat, eat potatoes and you need to eat potatoes. But yeah, that, I, I don't think I ran for like three, four days after that. <laughs> and when I did, it was just this, uh, uh, well, you know, it felt like the Tin Man and I'm Wizard of Oz. Like, where's the oil or something? Right. You, know? you go back to work and you're like, we're not doing a PT test this week. I'm just telling you right now, it ain't happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Funny thing, by that time though, you know, um, I uh, it was somewhere around that time. Anyhow, yeah, I got to do my own PT. So yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. You progress. You find longer progress, distances. Yeah, yeah. You, you find that marathon yeah. went, went from failing to okay. You're out of our league. You need to go do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. which is which is yeah. fantastic uh-huh. to think that before you were not passing and you weren't doing two miles, and all of a sudden it's like you just you know what you do your own thing. We obviously you got it all. You got you, you understand what you need, mm-hmm. needs to be done, and you're doing it, and then some. But in race wise, you do that marathon. You find ultra marathons at some point. 
Um, how did you discover the yeah. world of ultras? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm stationed down there at Fort Benning mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't know what I was doing, but on, so I would just run the river walk, um, there around, around Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. And, uh, and then on the Phoenix city a little bit. Um, and so, um, one of those days I ran into this group of runners. I was like, Oh, there's more people doing this thing. <laughs> I'm not the only like, one. <laughs> and they're like, Hey, we're on our way to Fort Benning. Do you want to go with us? You know, it's like, Oh, okay. I don't know any better. Yeah. Like, why not? And, uh, yeah, that's when they entered They like, yeah, we're a um, local running club here in Columbus. And some of us are kind of like the, the black sheep of the running club. And we do this thing called ultras. I was like, Oh, what is that? Yeah. You know, I just found out what a marathon was. Yeah. Right? And, and they're like, well, it's, you know, it's just stuff longer than a marathon. I was like, oh, oh. So I run with them for like, I don't, it wasn't very long two three weeks yeah and um like hey uh one of our guys is um is out he's got a hip injury um there's a spot that we paid for at mount chiha 50k um would you want to go with and i was like i've never run that far. well you just did a marathon you'll be fine right right it's only five miles more it's not that bad and that's pretty much what they said it's yeah. not that bad you okay and so here i show up to trail trail run you know in the mountains of alabama and chiha 50k you can look it up it also becomes the uh um pinhoti 100 yeah it's on the pinhoti um, course and you actually finish you finish going up blue hell yeah. you in, in the pinhoti <laughs> course you go down blue hell which is about i'm gonna say mile 45 ish and then yeah somewhere right in there yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. you go down blue hell mm-hmm. yeah. it's horrible because your, your your legs are starting to get stiff and you know it's been a long day and you have to go down this but i can on, tell you at least in, when i did the 100 i knew what that was gonna look like yeah because yeah. you saw it the other way like, going up it's gotta be better than coming up i know so i'm going down <laughs> <laughs> no pinhoti i've i've ran pinhoti I've paced Pinhoti. I think I've, I've, I've run the race myself once, but I think I've paced enough to actually have covered the course two or three times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice. wonderful race. But Mount Chiaha, mm-hmm. there you are. This is not a city marathon where it's paved and, and what have you. You've got to end. I'm wearing road shoes. Yeah, you've got your, you got your Nike Pegasuses on, and you're going up Blue Hell to the top of Mount Chiaha to finish the, the tallest point in Alabama. What in the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I remember, I remember that that um, that one out and back before you get into the uh, to oh, to to the road where it takes yeah. before the you know blue hell, um, and at that point, you know, that's when I really noticed. I was like, you know, I'm running uneven. This hurts even worse mm-hmm. than a marathon. Mm-hmm. This sucks. <laughs> And then yeah, going up, going up Blue Hell. It's like people run up this thing. <laughs> right. I'm looking for you know, I'm looking for a helicopter to air assault me and pick, yeah, right. drop a rope and take me up to the. Top. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, but yeah, so get, you know, getting to the top. 
but at the end, at the end of that thing, of course, pain was even worse than the marathon. Yeah. But here I did the next unthinkable thing. And, you know, I got hooked on that because it took me out of this crowd, out of this jostling for position. And it put me in a space where I was forced to deal with quietness. Yeah. And, you know, quietness is, is, you know, deadly because, you know, um, that means something's going to happen. And uh, at least for me, you know, mm-hmm. think, you know, being in the infantry, you know, cause there's always, always something making noise. And as long as something's making noise, there's usually nobody else around. And so, you know, and when you're going through the woods and these ultras, you're the one that's making the noise. <laughs> right. So the animals are usually pretty quiet and you're, so you're here in nature and, and, and you're, there's no easy way out of that place. You know, especially, you know, you've been on that course. Mm-hmm. There's no easy way out except through you have to go through and you're forced to sit with yourself. I don't know what it was for me, six and six hours, something, yeah. seven hours. Yeah. And, and that was very interesting. I was here forced to sit with myself, my thoughts, all the things I was, you know, you can't do this. You should quit. But there wasn't anywhere I could quit. <laughs> there wasn't a truck. I could just go jump on and be a fallout. You know, there, yeah. there wasn't. I had no choice to, to go on. And so that that kind of, um, you know, I started learning about myself probably somewhere in there. And um, I got really interested in ultras. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because there's, there's, there's one or two ways you could have taken that silence, right? The silence could have been too much. Like, here you are, a person who I don't think it's a stretch to say you didn't like yourself. You wanted to remove yourself from existence. You tried multiple times. And now you imagine everybody spending time alone in a room for seven and a half hours with a person you hate. Everybody picture that right now. Everybody knows who that person is. Not telling you who mine is. Uh, but imagine. So for you, it was that. You were stuck in this room with a yeah. person you didn't like for seven hours but it sounds like the mountain running the ultra running the trail running the being out in the woods by yourself it's spending all that time with that person you didn't like it seems that you found things about that person you didn't like that you liked and that relationship with that person changed drastically it took me a long time and many many miles but at some point i remembered way back when i was a kid before Mm -hmm. the military before all the childhood trauma the kid that liked to run in the woods Mm -hmm. yeah i found that and that kid was you on that he never went anywhere that was me yeah yeah and a high five in trees i mean i talk about I think I, I have this thing. I when I talk about high five and trees, I can't help but smile. I mean, I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Uh, you know, being able to, you know, the you're in this reciprocal relationship with the trees, right? Mm-hmm. They're giving you oxygen. You're giving them CO two, and you know, high fiving them, thanking them. I mean, they're you know most of these you know a lot of these runs. They're the only you know people only things there. I said people, but they're the only things there that. Uh, 
to witness your presence. Yeah. And, and it, I really dug that. And then I saw my young self and re- you know, there's some connection. Yeah. And I don't know if you have kids or not, right? I do. But, you know, I've got two and, you know, being able to see them and reconnect with myself and like, man, there's something special about being out here. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so it's almost like this beautiful situation of here you, you'd forgotten who you were. Mm -hmm. You had been trained and you built this idea of who Phil Parsons was, this hard, angry man who was angry at the world, angry at everything, angry at himself, hated himself. And then through running through the woods, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Phil Parsons is that kid who liked to run through the woods. And that's me. I love that yeah. kid. I love me. Yeah. 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 And that took a very long time. It's a, I mean, I, I even, I still have to work at that today. Yeah. You know, uh, I catch myself all the time, but yeah, no, it's like, oh my God, but wait a second. I, I was just listening to other people's dislikes. No. I like this me that's different that runs ridiculous amounts. It spends a lot of times that I like that. Yeah. And I'm free to like that. There's no SOP. There's no military, you know, mm-hmm. manual saying that I can or can't. Right. You know, I, I, I can do that. I get to do that. And, you know, and especially now being out of the military, I, there's nobody that can tell me I can't. So, yeah. Is it too much to say, Phil, that running saved your life? Um, I think it was probably the the vehicle that saved my life. I think, I think you know, um, I think I'm the only one that could do that. I yeah. think each one of us were the only ones that can do that for ourselves. Um, but that that's me. I just think that running was the vehicle that allowed me to see that. See that I had the potential inside myself to turn it all around. Yeah. Running showed you things about yourself that you loved and that you'd forgotten about (laughs) and and sent you on that path. I think it's so cool that you've actually gotten into being a therapist and helping other people through these these challenges. (laughs) Um, That that has to be just so rewarding for you because you've been there. So many like, because think about well, the people going through what you went through, there's a certain brotherhood in the army. And I'm sure when you had a therapist that uh, didn't serve telling you all these things, you're like, you don't know. You don't know because you <laughs> no. weren't there. Oh, I, I, I don't know how many times. I, I thought I coined that phrase until <laughs> other people tried to use it with me. And I'm like, uh, uh, hang on, hang on. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I I'm, a, I'm a combat guy. So well, I'm, serious. I'm, I'm sure it's I mean, yeah. so powerful <laughs> for someone who was in that situation that you were in all those years ago, Phil, to go like, you don't know what it's like because you weren't there. And you're like, actually, so I was. If, if I could comment on that, mm-hmm. there's been, you know, several times I've walked into, you know, a room, um, you know, whether it's the ER or anywhere and just me too, it completely changed everything not that it's me it's just my experience Mm -hmm. and being able to say me too changed it for them and they allowed allowed them to see that there's other options Mm -hmm. um 
and then you know our, our friend that i'm you know working with to raise awareness and to raise some funds for the you know the bravo alpha foundation yeah um and I, I don't know how much he's told you or i have a whole episode with dustin if you want to get down nice. with dustin folks there is an old episode of the adventure jogger uh featuring dustin canistorp who is the man behind bravo alpha foundation um be prepared buckle up dustin can talk I'm just telling you right now, that is a wild ride and one of my favorite interviews of all time. But yeah, Dustin broke it down for me. How'd you get mixed up with Dustin? So, yeah, and it goes right into what we were just talking about here. And so I met Dustin at a Band of Runners trail camp. And it's so so funny you say that real quick because I talked to Liza Howard last week. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> it's like, nice. The universe is coming together, Phil, to make this interview just one big <laughs> extension of other interviews that I've done. So that's so amazing. Liza is holds a very, very special place for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a, a special place in my heart for her. So she's really appreciated. Um. So yeah, because Eliza. Mm-hmm. Um, well, really, really, to back up even more, um, Jeff Rose is the reason I made it to t- trail camp. Um, Former yeah, Western States yeah. uh, champion uh, Jeff uh, Rose, the legend. Yes, the legend. I did not know who he was. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're watching that Unbreakable movie. You're like, wait a minute. Wait, I know that guy. <laughs> that guy with the ponytail? I know him. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Jeff, if you're watching, I, I had no clue. Uh, no, <laughs> he probably he had, appreciates he that. Camp. He probably appreciates you not being like, "Hey, that time when you were racing against Anton and all these people, that was really cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Um, I just went to his camp up in Alaska. I yeah. got I got on a scholarship. It was part of a you know, while well, I, I graduated, um, you know, master's program at school. You know, first, um, I think, you know, first uh, generation college grad with yeah. a master's yeah. from, from an accredited school in my family, um, I think. So, you know, so, uh, and then um, so part of my graduation present, my wife now, um, she, she wrote Jeff, saw that he had a, a camp got me hooked on this scholarship to go up to his camp and I show up there. Of course, I had no clue. I didn't know who he was. Right. I'm just trying to run. Um, and now I have know about mental health and I'm trying to change my life. And he thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, so he told Liza about me and, uh, Liza and, and Rob, Rob's going to be one of my crew, uh, crew members. He's, um, him and Joe Persadis, they're, they're the two crew chiefs there and take care of me on this 400 miles. And um, so they got me to come to camp. I met Dustin there. And then next year, um, you know, Dustin comes to camp again. And he said, I can share this. Um, otherwise, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was the second, second day or the first morning something like that we're sitting down for breakfast and um so dustin how's it going he's like fine yeah you know the normal 
grunt mm-hmm. response. Fine. Fine. Hell. Coffee and hate. Fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's good. And um, it's like, not really, how's it going? And apparently that he says that um, I saw right through his, you know, his armor, his facade, whatever he he had going on. And I didn't, you know, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, three days before that, he had tried. Oh. And so here I am. Me too. You know, let's talk. And, and, you know, and then here, you know, here, you know, big circle, you know, he's, he's supported me doing some of these events with band of runners. I in turn have helped him. And now we're here, you know, trying to, you know, raise awareness and help some other people. Yeah. So when you asked, um, about my experience and, and then, you know, whether it's working or just being around other vets. Yeah. It somehow I have a little bit of a way in and really when you see, I don't know if when I see um, some of the light bulbs start, start to come on mm-hmm. or some of the keys start to turn yeah. in a way and, and they, they go from this, this flat affect of there's, there's nothing to see here. I'm just going to end it to, Oh my God, there might be hope. I don't know how to describe that feeling, except all of that pain that I went through makes it worth something. Yeah. You know, um, it's pretty still kind of emotional for me now. Um, that's okay. It's a, it's a lot to feel all at once. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's cool to, to feel it now. Uh, but, um, at least I get to feel there's times I never got to feel, but you know, having that experience has allowed me just to, to walk into situations like this and say me too. And, you know, something really beautiful happened out of it, you know, like, like, you know, Justin made it on your show and then, you know, with him, with this Bravo Alpha Foundation and, and, you know, I don't know, what is it? Some 80, some people that yeah. he's sponsored to go to these camps or, yeah. or, you know, backpacking and, you know, um, and who, who knows who all we've helped, but I, I think, um, in the last couple months, um, you know, it's like it's if it's not every every week, it's every other week or something like that. You know, somebody else is like, "Hey, uh, just want to let you know uh, I heard your story or something you posted or whatever it is, or maybe it is at work." And yeah, because um, you you said me too. The so. thing about looking back on everything you've gone through and everything you suffered, who would have thought? That all that pain and all that hate and all that misery would lead to a life where you are helping people put their lives back together. Where just yeah. just just that simple little phrase, me too, 
can change people's lives. It's so funny because you can't see the forest through the trees. It's a saying for a reason. And I swear you probably had no idea. Like, there's no possible way. If someone would have told you, like, hey, Phil, by the way, in like five years, 10 years, you're going to be helping people yeah. with this. You'd be like, no, nope, not going to happen at nope. all. Nah. Running therapy, all of this has brought you to this point where you can help people. It's. No, there's there's absolutely no forward thinking, right? Yeah. I couldn't see the I couldn't see my way out of anything. Uh I thought it was completely done. I didn't think the pain was ever gonna stop. I, I had no I you know, it's kinda like it's it's like an ultra, right? Mm-hmm. You know, after you do a, a few of these, you know that well, if you keep going that that whatever feeling good or bad is gonna change, right? Right. No matter what you're feeling, you enjoy it. Because you're just gonna yeah. like it last. It's gonna change. It's not gonna last. It's gonna change in in a mile or two, and but you don't know that when you're in the middle of suicide, right? A suicide attempt. You think that the what you're experiencing is gonna last forever, and you're stuck in the past. You know this. What did I? You know uh, something must be wrong. So it must be wrong with me. I'm the problem. I'm detriment to society or to my family or to my unit to my group um so i must be the problem i gotta take care of the problem it's only one way to do it yeah if nothing else if nothing else if the adventure jogger podcast will fade into oblivion someday everybody will forget about this stupid little thing that i do in my bedroom twice a week if one person listening to this can realize that what Phil has been through, if you can, if you can see yourself in Phil, and you think you there, think there's no hope that you're not, it's not worth hanging around. I hope you realize from this episode, you are worth everything. You are worth hanging around. Um, you do have value. This pain will lead to something. Who knows what it is? But very much like Phil, it could turn into something absolutely beautiful. You are loved. You have value. Stop what you're doing and go talk to somebody because somebody has been there. There is Phil is not the only person <laughs> that has been there. And maybe you will encounter Phil or maybe you will uh, encounter someone else through a great organization like Band of Runners or Team RWB. Sign up for Team RWB. It's everywhere. It, it connects civilians and and veterans and it gets you a great group of friends. Go out for a run, but you're worth you are worth every breath and don't you dare go anywhere that's if that's it then i'm happy with the podcast i don't need anything else out of my life um phil you're getting ready for this big adventure when do you start this fkt attempt on the natchez trace september 20th just in a few weeks yeah yeah so i mean uh i was I guess there's a lot of reasons now to do to do this in September. Um, when I first had the idea you know, about four years ago, I was thinking November would be nice, nice <laughs> and cool. The leaves would be changing colors. But I had had one of my coworkers, you know, and uh, she's like, "Well, Phil, you know, I really think you should do September. September Suicide Awareness Month, and you got a story to tell." Yeah, it's perfect yeah, timing. And, and I felt like I was coming off that plane again. And, and I was if, like, yeah. 
Yeah. It, I want to run out of this office about right now. <laughs> I don't like you one bit anymore. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and so, she, so I sat with that and I was like, oh, and it was more than what she saw. And that I, I also saw something. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just to raise awareness, not only just because it's September Suicide Awareness Month, but I saw this as an opportunity, this FKT, as an opportunity to rewrite my suicide anniversary story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm going to go do something that hasn't been done. Um, something that's kind of you know as as uh, nelson mandela i think said uh it's always it always is impossible till it's done right right it's always um yeah and uh but this you know september comes around and i always have a difficult time right i'm always trying to like it's an anniversary day my body remembers that i you know should have a lot of cortisol have a lot of stress hormones going on and so i don't always remember that it's my suicide anniversary but my body does and so i was like but what if i could do something bigger again Mm -hmm. what if i could you know because i talked to veterans about owning our story um you know, changing our story, changing the values of our story. And I was like, what if I could do that on a bigger scale? You know, I've already done it, you know, in these different areas. What if I go on an adventure and I do something that hasn't been done and I go rewrite and change my, my, my story for the worst time that I have every year? Mm -hmm. I was like there might be something to that and so you know so it's kind of like yeah we're going to start start here in Nashville we're going to start we're going to go south a lot of people you know I guess a lot of people use the trace to come north or in the history of the trace but you know starting here it's it's kind of like therapy you start where right where you're at yeah you you start at home yeah right where you're at yeah and and so nashville's you know nashville's home and so that's where we're gonna start start rewriting my story and um you know probably one of the toughest times i have every year and uh and then you know september 23rd is my last anniversary date there and so you know starting september um you know running september 20th there idea is to run about like 40 miles a day and uh for 11 days and then that 23rd day we'll put a few extra miles in mm-hmm. just because just because we can now and uh so yeah 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 uh, by the way i wish i would have known you were in nashville i would have just came to you we could have done this face to face what's all this fancy technology for had i known i would have hopped in the car <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, if we need to do a follow-up to this, you know, yeah. How about now, now that we know? Yeah. Right. How about when you set the FKT or when I have you on again? Why don't we just meet face to face? Well, let's let's cut the technology out and let's let's. There get, we go. That's, let's that get face to face next time. And if Dustin ever visits, you guys have got to come up. and We got to get together for a run mm-hmm. or something. That'd be a lot of fun. So, 
yeah, they'll be here. I, th- I believe Dustin's going to be here a couple days before and after. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. We'll have to coordinate something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just email us. We'll figure out something yeah. on that. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, how can people support this endeavor? And, and all of this goes to the, the Bravo Alpha Foundation, which is an incredible foundation that helps veterans and, and, and creates organizations and oppor- or, sorry, creates opportunities for veterans to and people dealing with PTSD and TBI to do some really great adventures and to coordinate with other people and it's life changing stuff. How can people be a part of this attempt? Oh yeah, so it, it, tried to make it easy. PhilRuns.com, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, PhilRuns.com, it it has uh, just about everything there. You can you can support monetarily. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing we're trying to get people to pledge you know five cents a mile and uh if you do the math it's just somebody just decided to do the math and let us know i've got i've got a calc my wife's a math teacher i got a calculator right here hold on yeah yeah oh this is one of those fancy ones this might be a little okay so (laughs) but if you do this five cents for 440 some miles that's 22 dollars 22 22 dollars and 20 cents yep so that's a little bit of an iconic number there, um, you know, with with us and veterans with, uh, you know, suicide rates or what what might be the perceived suicide rate. Mm-hmm. And so so there's there is that, uh, you know, of course, if, you know, you know, you can't afford monetary if, if you could just, you know, take philruns.com and share it, you know, share it on your social media, share it with three, you know, three of your closest friends and mm-hmm. you know maybe you can put a little bit about you know why people are special why veterans are mean something you know it's just to raise awareness you know if you can help do that that's that's the biggest goal you know the money's going to go for veterans obviously but there's you know so many people that need to you know hear me too right and and veteran and not and you know our first responders as well and, and so it's 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 you know if you go to philruns.com you can you can pledge you can give a one-time donation or you can you know share it uh, there, and there's other you know um i think there's some links to one of my websites and 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 routes mm-hmm. for different days um so that's there too uh you know i don't i I'm more than happy if somebody wants to come run walk a few miles i don't suppose many people want to run 40 miles a day but you know maybe there'd be somebody that wants to do a 40 mile a day but that's fine too but um yeah even if you just want to run walk uh or or jog a mile or two with me um, you can see where i'll be um on those days um off off of that uh, philruns.com fantastic Phil Parsons, this has been a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on, and, and yeah, I, I hope to see you in the real world soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that we know that we're right here, we'll just we'll have to make it happen. So.